Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here's Matt Cabry. So the growth that we're seeing in Greater Philadelphia needs a strong foundation. And that foundation often starts with the engineering world. And we're really privileged today to have two experts from a really outstanding engineering firm called Wick Fisher and White. And joining us is Tony DiLeonardo, who's president of Wick Fisher White. Tony, it's great to have you. Thank you. And Jessica Thornton, who's part of the marketing and communications team for Wick Fisher White. Jessica, it's great to have you as well. Thanks. It's good to be here. Great. So, Tony, why don't we start off with uh, what I would call the basics. Share with us the history of Wick Fisher White. I know you have deep, proud roots in greater Philadelphia. We have tremendous roots in Philadelphia. Uh, we started out in 1901 as Isaac Hathaway Francis. And he started uh, the firm, and ownership changed. It became uh, Moody and Hutchison, mm-hmm. and then Moody, Hutchison, Goltz and Wick. Goltz and Wick, Goltz, Wick and Fisher. Wick and Fisher, Wick Fisher and White, and then in 1992, we incorporated Stop Changing Names when it became Wick Fisher White. Nice. And there's been a couple ownership changes since. I took over in 2013 with a new group, and uh, we've been thriving ever since. That history almost sounds like it could be a quiz for some of uh, the colleagues who work at Wick Fisher White. <laughs> well, it was easy because I, uh, I wrote a lot of the history. I look back. We have a book in our office about all the projects in the past since 1920. Yep. That's very cool. I love that because, you know, the foundation for success is often based on our past. So it's great that you're able to learn from how the company has evolved over time. We have tremendous history. I mean, I was looking uh, today some of the projects, and we worked on the, one of the first uh, Federal Reserve Bank building in Philadelphia. Right. And that's another story which we're going to yeah. talk about later. Uh, we're in there right now. We worked on a, a lot of, like, Gerard Trust Company buildings. We worked on a lot of healthcare buildings, the Navy Hospital, the Navy Yard. It just continued throughout the years and then uh, built a lot of the central office buildings for the Bell uh Bell Telephone. Yep. Gotcha. For years. So I know when I um, welcomed you guys to the program, we talked about engineering and Wick Fisher White being an engineering firm. Is that the best way you describe the organization? How do you describe it when you meet somebody in this and you say, this is who I am and what I do? Well, I like to say we're connectors in the construction business, in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. We design mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire protection systems, and provide commissioning services. But we're also, if somebody needs a structural engineer, we refer them to you know a, a relationship, somebody that can work with that firm or what's who's a an expert yeah so uh, we like to think of ourselves as connectors that's uh, strategic why we don't call ourselves wick fisher white engineers we're wick fisher white because we want to expand our our foothold right so you can do engineering and so much more yes yeah I know you can't literally take me back to 1901 because you weren't there. No, but based on your understanding of the history, was Isaac setting out to create a um, an initiative that was based on engineering, or was it kind of something that evolved over time? I think something over, evolved over time. I mean, there wasn't too much information on uh, Isaac Hathaway Francis, but we did know their stories about Moody and Hutchison, and they they fluctuated from 10 to 12 people, and then some of the firms, as we went into Goltz and Wick, they kind of grew up to like maybe 70 people. Mm-hmm. So it went up and down in, uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. We were over 100 people. Then there's the downturn, and now we're you know, around 40, 45 people, and yeah. we're growing. That's great. And when you say you're around 40, 45 people headquartered here in Philadelphia, but you do work around the country. Currently working in California, Colorado, Texas, uh, 
for projects uh, in Florida. That's great. How do you score those opportunities? Is it primarily an RFP process or is it based on relationships or a blend? It's both. It's a blend. A lot of our clients take us out to those uh, areas. You know, we work with some architects who now have new clients that are out outside the uh, area and they take us to California or they take us to Arizona, Texas or wherever they want to go. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, Tony, one of the things I really admire about your role with Wick Fisher White is um, your longevity. You know, you've been in this business a long time. I'll just keep it at over 30 years, if you're comfortable with yes, that. Yes, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> but you started with the firm in 1985. Share with us a little bit about your story and how you landed in 1985 as a young man trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his life. Well, um, I graduated high school in uh, 78, and I was 16 years old. I was a little young, didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't go to school right away, went into uh, painting, paper hanging, light construction, until I figured out I don't want to do that anymore. Working with supervisors that weren't the nicest, you know, put me up on 40-foot ladders without proper support. Yep. So I decided to go to school, back to school, drafting, and I learned drafting. I really liked it, really liked the construction industry, and they hired me at Wick Fisher White in 85 and then sent me to night school. And I hate to say I went for like 15 years, but then started having a family and I uh, couldn't continue. Yeah, life got in the way. Life got in the way, but I still build a client base and, yeah. uh, you know, we're customer service oriented. That's been the culture since I've been there. And um, to this day, then uh, I built up a clientele a base yep. and uh, became president. I was going to say, not only did you build up a client base, but you ascended through the organization and today are leading the shop at Wick Fisher as president. So that's really impressive. Well, I surround myself with really good people, and uh, including Jessica, who's here today, who really helps me out. And, uh, you know, we have good support cast, and it just makes me look good, makes my job easier. And I love that supporting cast segue, because I am going to pull Jessica Thornton into the conversation. And Jessica, one of the things that I know is important to the team at Wick Fisher, and actually I know it's important to the industry in general, it's mm-hmm. a passion of the General Building Contractors Association and other folks who are professionals in this industry, and that is diversity. And I know the team at Wick Fisher has a real passion for women in engineering right. and other ways to include diverse audiences into what traditionally may not have always been a welcoming environment. Right. Can you share with us a little bit more about women in engineering at Wick Fisher? Sure. I actually looked up uh, some statistics before I got here, and I realized that the United States as a total is 14% of engineers are women in the United States. And in the state of Pennsylvania, there's about 11% of total engineers that are women. So at Wick Fisher White, we're approximately 25% women right now. So that is above average for the state and the United States. Can I just say one congratulations, and I'm sure. impressed that 25% of the staff at Wick Fisher White are female. Right. But I'm also impressed to know that 14% nationally. Right. That's a higher number than I would have guessed, frankly. Right. And I just looked that up. That was according to the Congressional Joint Economic Committee. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think we know that over the years, there has been an issue with attracting women to Mm -hmm. the engineering field. And Wick Fisher White is involved in various organizations to help promote younger women coming into engineering, as well as to promote women in engineering in the industry. So I wanted to dive into that a little bit and, and, and hear both from you and from Tony, because 25% of the staff being women in an Mm -hmm. engineering firm just Mm -hmm. doesn't happen by accident. You Mm -hmm. guys kind of set out a plan very thoughtfully to be able to achieve that milestone. Are you able to share with us some of those? And they may sound like they're really obvious or very modest, but they're actually having an impact. But what are some of those tactics that the team at Wick Fisher White have engaged in in order to 
focus on women being more involved. Well, I don't know if you call it a tactic yeah. or not, but I think it's uh, a little bit of luck yeah. that we've been able to uh, you know, attract some of the good women. So uh, we encourage the hiring. We hire the best talent possible. If they happen to be women, that's great. Yeah. The dynamic that happens when there's diverse ways of working and thinking and connecting in the same environment, it produces different outcomes and generally speaking, better outcomes. I mean, research has actually shown when you have more diversity in all areas, you have a much stronger outcome. And, and that's something it feels like that you're actually experiencing firsthand. Absolutely. We see it every day. I'm involved with uh, the Building Commissioning Association where there's a woman-owned uh, business that we support. Yep. And we actually bring them on on jobs if there is a requirement. Again, she's a tremendous uh, commissioning agent. And uh, she actually um, I got one of my hires uh, to come from California, one yep. of the engineers we just hired. Gotcha. So I want to shift gears slightly and talk a little bit about uh, where Wick Fisher White is today. And when I say where, I mean physically, because I know you have a long, deep, and proud relationship with an iconic building right here in the Old City neighborhood of Philadelphia, and it's called the Borsch Building. And you guys love that building, but you needed to make a change. Tell us a little bit more about what you were thinking. If you don't know, MRP, they came in and bought you know three or four of the buildings, and uh, they call it the Independence Collection. Okay. The Borsch was one of them, and we didn't know if they were going to be an office building or a residence or anything, but they remained an office building. It's a beautiful building. It has a beautiful head house. They have two foot thick walls there. Just didn't, the space just didn't work for our layout. We wanted a more collaborative. It's more of a U shape because of the uh, atrium. But we renovated the ninth floor. We've been at some of the other uh, firms up there. They have wonderful spaces. The building, the uh, ground floor, is now becoming more of a restaurants. Yeah, you can go in there and uh, pick up an egg sandwich, a grilled cheese. Sure, I think they're even going to have a brewery in there or something. Uh, yes, I saw that. I a mean, true destination, not just for the office folks who call that facility their place of business, right. but for anybody walking by and really a place, mm-hmm. a destination, if you will. And I did pick up a moment ago. You had referenced the fact that the team. And a legacy team, I should say, Wick Fisher White, had a hand in constructing one of the first Federal Reserve buildings in the region and in the city of Philadelphia. And ironically, there's a connection to where you guys are today. Share with us where that. We're now at the uh, Federal Reserve Bank building of Philadelphia, 7th and Race and 6th and Arch, that big block right there. Yep. We took a quadrant of the fifth floor. And uh, we put a lot of money. Uh, Federal Reserve Bank's been very supportive to us. They have great amenities. They're doing infrastructure upgrades in there. And now we're doing part of the work in the building. We're doing the commissioning services for, they have a four or five year plan in that building right now. I think most people would be surprised that there are businesses other than the Federal Reserve in the Federal Reserve building. How unique is that? How many people or how many other companies, I should say, have a presence there? Well, I don't know the Fed's master plan, but they have been, I think, like every big company, they're consolidating a little bit. Yep. And I think it opens up space and, you know, they need revenue too. So yeah. it's rare that we're in there. There's been a large architectural firm in there for a number of years. And I think they're opening up to more accountants and I think maybe it's about 25%, I'm not totally sure, but uh, of uh, outsiders. Yeah, and that makes sense, because mm-hmm. you're right. Folks are consolidating, they're being more efficient, and they still need to generate revenue to keep the operations moving. Mm-hmm. Share with us a little bit more about some of the projects your team is working on, and kind of what is an example of something that really caused you to be proud about a Wick Fisher project. Well, right now, retail seems to be, believe it or not, retail is phenomenal for us right now. It's uh, probably 10 to 15% of our business, and we're doing the gallery. Uh, they're called the Fashion District Outlets, and that renovation is uh, going to take you know, two to three years. 
And we're really proud of the transformation we're, we're given that building, mm-hmm. we're given that area yeah. right now. And the, the gallery, for folks who may not be aware, Market East, mm-hmm. just east of City Hall, really between Independence Hall and City Hall here in the city of Philadelphia, is really going through a tremendous renaissance right now. And mm-hmm. to your point, Tony, it's uh, it's being led by the, the Preet team that is reimagining the gallery, and it's now called the Fashion District, I believe. The Fashion District Outlets, I believe that's yeah. the f- official name. Fashion District Philadelphia. Yes. 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 Yeah. FOP, right? FDP. Not FDP. Yeah. I think they changed it a couple times. Yes, so, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But they've done a great job. The architects, the construction team that we're working with is really phenomenal and uh you know, I can't wait till the, the grand opening of the gallery, the yeah. new gallery. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Is there a project that your team has worked on that, um, you know, just didn't go the way you thought it was going to go and what you learned from that experience? There's a number of projects that, uh, you know, the details aren't on top of my head, but there are jobs that I go to and like an, an office building and they say, can you help me out here? I'm like, sure. So I go to the building and they say, two people sit next to each other. One's hot, one's cold, one has a fan, one has a blanket. Right. And they say, you know, the air conditioning's not working. And I look at them like, can you move one of them? Right. I mean, and then they look at me like I have two heads. <laughs> like, no, they won't move. So uh, that's the type of stuff where yeah. you can't satisfy and you look at the thermostats and they're all set at 75 degrees and right. but one's hot, one's cold. Yeah. They're the ones where you can't figure out what... Yeah, what kind of head do. scratchers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's really funny. And I want to pause here for a second, Tony, because I want to come back to that. And folks, I just want to um, share that we're talking with Tony DiLeonardo. He's president of uh, Wick Fisher White. And joining us uh, as well as Jessica Thornton of the marketing and communications team at Wick Fisher White as well. And Tony, what was so amusing to me about the story you just shared is that your background is really focused on HVAC, the heating, ventilation, air conditioning. So your expertise is, you know, being pulled on. And, and I love it. And you kind of made fun of this yourself is, you know, sometimes the best solution is just to move somebody instead of creating a whole new investment of an HVAC system. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, you can't, you know, some people are always cold, some people are always hot and you just can't, you can't design around that. Yeah. So I want to shift gears and I want to bring Jessica back into our conversation. And Jessica, I don't know if you've done the math, but you're actually coming up on nine years with the Wick yes, Fisher White team. Yes, nine years. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because Tony's sitting here, but it sounds like the Wick Fisher White environment is actually really positive And there's a special type of camaraderie uh, that your team experiences. Share with us a little bit about the mission and the values and what it's like to work at Wick Fisher White. Sure. Well, um, I joined there, like you said, about almost nine years ago. And and a lot of people that are currently there are some people have been there a really long time. So it's an environment where we've created consistency with that, where people are happy and they want to stay and be as a family. So we actually just went through a rebranding project mm. and redefining our mission and values. Like I said, we, we have a, a strong legacy at Wick Fisher White. We kind of wanted to capture that, but we wanted to move forward as well. And we took a look at you know who we are as a firm. We did internal, external surveys, and we thought about strategically, is this where we want to be, what we're communicating now, and right. how do we communicate ourselves effectively into the marketplace for future growth? So we kind of took a deep dive, did that brand development process. From there, we developed um, mission, vision, values, 
and we developed a new website. So there's a lot more that goes into a logo and colors than you would think. Right. There's actually a very strategic and thoughtful process behind that that we went through. And we just recently unveiled that uh, a new website. So along with our recent move to the Federal Reserve Bank building, we unveiled a new brand. So That's we're great. really excited about that. It's a reinvigorated, revamped brand. And we're hoping that it will take us to where we want to be. Yeah, that's great. And I know it's not an easy task to embark on that kind of initiative of capturing the spirit of how the organization wants to be viewed from an external audience, but also from an internal audience, because our our staffs internally are our best champions. And and if they're not aligned with the vision of the organization, then they're not going to be sharing that in a very um, robust way, or or maybe not even in in an accurate way. Right, right. Exactly. And and this is not a quiz question, but let me ask you, because it is unique. I don't think the average observer in our community would say, oh, Wick Fisher White, sure. So how do you describe, Jessica, Wick Fisher White to your friends, to your family? Well, I really think that engineering has an important role in the design community. And before I was actually in the construction industry, I really took for granted how buildings were made. Mm -hmm. And being a part of Wick Fisher White, I realized how much of an important role that engineers do play. So I like to say that we breathe life into the building. We bring life into the building. It's everything underneath the walls that you wouldn't really think of, but it's it's very important. Right. Like uh, the air and the power and the plumbing. It's things that people take for granted, but are very important. And in our industry, the architects usually get most of the accolades and stuff. But without the engineers, people wouldn't be able to utilize the spaces. So I like to just explain it as simplest as I can from a non-engineering perspective, because it's a very important role that we play. I love the way you described it. Breathing Uh, life into a building. And it's true. You know, you look beyond the walls and and that's what your team is constructing, supporting, designing. Uh, That's a really good and visual way for another person to appreciate the type of work that your team is doing. That's really great. Yeah. Where people live, where people work, where people play. So we try to make the environment as comfortable as we can. We can't always please everybody, but yeah, we we do our best. So. Yeah, that's really great. So I want to turn to Tony because Tony, I, I know that you have developed an appreciation for also bringing the engineering space, the construction space to life in a new way, because frankly, it can be a little dry depending on who's presenting the information, their passion for that information, and how they're relaying that in a way that others can really appreciate, even those who work in the business. And I know you have a a unique approach, and I'd love for you to share with us some of the ways that you've brought your story to life, especially among your peers, but also for others who who may not necessarily see it the same way you do. Well, part of our approach is to educate our clients on what we do. Mm -hmm. And part of it is Commissioning is one of the things I lead in the, one of the sectors I lead in the, in the in the organization, and we try to. It's an evolving sector, and it's always changing. And there's people that are popping up because there's money to be made in this sector. So we try to educate them on the right way. We partner with professional groups with ASHRAE that we uh, that support us and say this is what the right way to do it. And if you're not doing it this way, you know what is your deliverable? What are your expectations? So we try to educate through videos. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go on YouTube uh, or our website, you can find our videos trying to educate some of the, uh, the clients. Uh, they're little teasers that 
can have us call them like, hey, I'm more interested in design reviews, or I'm more interested in what a functional performance test procedure is, they can give us a call. Right. Social media is another way that we sort of get out there and try to, you know, show what kind of, um, what we're like. Yeah, bring it to life a little bit. Yes, bring it to life and what we're like, our, our website, which um, I want to give Jessica and Elise a little bit more credit than what they've really got. They got it done in several months where we started with a firm. We had to cut that firm for some reason. And uh, they took it upon themselves to get it all done. So right. we just wanted to put that in there. That's great. Congratulations, Jessica. Oh, yeah, that's really so, great. But uh, we put our families out there. We said, hey, listen, we're a family organization. We want to be like a family here. We have a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like to put a little humor into my uh, my business, too. Yeah, uh, share with us a couple of examples, because I hear you can sing and play. Well, uh, uh, maybe I did not. a little. Maybe um, not. Well, no. <laughs> I put my mediocre uh, uh, music skills to work uh, right. as part of the Building Commissioning Association. We had a conference in Nashville, and I was looking for something um, something quirky to invite people down. We were supposed to do a little video, and uh, I was looking for a puppet. And the puppet, we couldn't find one. And right. so I was asking everybody in the office, and it became kind of a joke that Tony yeah. can't find a puppet. Right. So instead of doing a puppet, I did a, um, I did a little music video with my ukulele. Yeah. And then just about... Uh, did you uh, sing as well? Or just, yeah, I sang. Okay. I sang a little ditty uh, yeah. about Come Down to Nashville nice. to the Gaylord Opry. Yeah. And uh, it, they actually put it on the big screen. We went to the Grand Old Opry actually nice. at the uh, as one of the events. We went down there, and they put it up on the big screen, which is kind of comical. Yeah, it's comical. It's cool. But it's also memorable. You know, yeah. hopefully people will walk away from there saying, oh, yeah, Wick Fisher White. That's a cool firm. Yeah. And actually, uh, one of the, the the engineers came back from Scranton and said, Tony, I found a puppet, which I brought here today. Yes. Uh, it's not good for radio, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a yellow and um, a yellow a orange beak duck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And how often do you use that? And what do you, you know, do you, do you uh, entertain the, the staff in the office? Well, I'm thinking about using, doing annual reviews with it with uh, good duck, bad duck. So uh, we'll, we'll see what we're using. We're still trying to name it. Right. That's great. we we'll see how that works out. Yep. Yeah. It's our new mascot. So. Yeah, that's right. That's great. I want to shift gears again and talk a little bit about our greater Philadelphia region and weave in a little bit about career and career growth. And Jessica, I'm going to turn to you because I know you're a proud native to Southern New Jersey. Yes. And a proud graduate of Rowan University as well. Yep. What do you love about greater Philadelphia? What makes this community such a special place to not only live and work, but to mm-hmm. raise a family and to create some new initiatives like the website and the branding initiative you worked on with Wick Fisher? Well, the region is very historic, so that's why I love it. It's been a part of the foundation to our country and living in this area. It's just, again, we take these things for granted, but we're in a city with so much history. So it's really great to come and experience all of that and these buildings like the Boris, especially in this area, Independence Mall area. I've really been enjoying coming to work here the last nine years. I also enjoy that, you know, being in this area, you can do just about anything. It's two hours to New York. You can go to the down the shore. You can go to the Poconos. You can go down to DC so it's very central and you have all four seasons we were just talking about that yeah. you can enjoy all four seasons yeah people so, take that for granted I think right exactly so um, there's so many great things about this area but you know I'm a little biased because I am born and raised in South Jersey and been in this area my whole life yeah but I have traveled to you know some places and experienced other areas and I think it's 
a friendly town. I know some people say, you know, brotherly shove instead of brotherly love, but I haven't heard um, that actually. No, you haven't heard that. But um, (laughs) I think that most people in Philadelphia are down to earth, personable and friendly. Yeah. Very Um, approachable. Yeah. Just compared to some of the other places. Yeah. And I love the fact that you've been able to experience other regions of the country and other regions of the world, because frankly, that's when we really understand how fortunate we are in greater Philadelphia mm-hmm. when you can compare it to other communities as great as those other communities are right there's something special about greater Philadelphia and frankly it feels like there's something special that's happening here and has really been happening over the past 20 25 years in reimagining our community and taking it to the next level right exactly yeah Tony I want to turn to you and folks we're talking with uh, Tony D Leonardo president of uh, Wickfisher White along with uh, his colleague Jessica Thornton from the marketing and communications team at Wick Fisher White as well. And Tony, I want to turn to you because um, you really, I think, and I'm not just saying this, I'm thinking about it, and I have, a, I have a nuance in my mind when it comes to certain milestones in life. And I'm just imagining a kid from Roxborough, East Falls area, graduates from Roman Catholic High School a little earlier than normal at 16. Uh, I used to be smart. I skipped yeah. the grade. <laughs> Either that or you started early, right? Yeah, you're right. I'd love for you to take us back, if you can, to that time in 1985. And how did you land at Wickfisher White? What was the door that opened that you were able to walk through? Well, the door of the drafting school that I went to, they had a placement program. And I got placed there through them. And I, I started uh, that next week. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know if I was going to get the job because uh, I didn't know if I wanted to be in an office. So I just started at, with the work. And I, I liked to draw. That mm-hmm. was one of my... Um, I guess, uh, mediocre talents that I used to do. And right. I drew and I enjoyed the construction industry. You know, they sent me to school for some things that luckily I, I did like, mm-hmm. some design seminars. And from then it just kind of uh, expanded. Right. Uh, I'm a people person, so mm-hmm. I like people generally. Mm-hmm. And just dealing with uh, people, I started managing projects. And from there, grew into clients, and then they started calling me for the work. But you never expected that that opportunity, drafting in the office of Wick Fisher White was going to lead to where you are today? Not in a million years. Right. I just thought I'd do my job. I'd work hard. I'd always have a job. Yeah. I always had painting, paper hanging, and construction to fall back on. Right. And my father, you know, he works seven days a week, and I just thought, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make money. I'll, you know, yeah, I'll be successful. Yeah. yeah. And frankly, you did, and you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you share with a young person today who comes to you for advice about, uh, you know, they could be in high school thinking about college. They could be in college thinking about career. What kind of guidance do you give them? Well, the guidance I give them is uh, go to school, get your education. But, you know, you may be the smartest person, but you still have to present yourself well. Mm-hmm. And I tell my, my boys this. I have three boys, and I tell them the same thing. Make sure you get out there, present yourself well, communicate what you want to communicate to that person. Mm-hmm. And Jessica, how about you from your perspective? What do you share with a young person who's uh, trying to navigate his or her career? I think um, it has a lot to do with relationships and who you know. So it's never too early to start making connections in college, start networking, start growing your your personal network and meeting as many people as you can. And never let fear stand in your way from doing something. That's so, great advice. Yeah. And, and a lot harder to actually do because that it is it can be paralyzing. That, right. that lack of confidence right. and, and that, that uh, hesitation. 
You may uh, not know how to do everything, right. but just say yes and take it day by day and just do the best you can and press through and you'll be pleasantly surprised. That's great. Great advice. Tony, I want to think back on um, the, the legacy, the history of Wick Fisher White. Started here in Greater Philadelphia back in 1901. Hard to believe. And has evolved over time. Do you think there's a secret ingredient here in Philadelphia that has allowed the Wick Fisher White team and legacy to continue to grow and evolve? I think uh, for the most part, the benchmark is quality engineering. You can't continue to work. It's, you know, years ago, it used to be by word of mouth. They're good engineers. And then it was the relationships with the architects. So again, it's that relationship with Jessica just talked about. And, uh, you know, the benchmark of quality engineering and customer service. And that's what today our mission statement is and our, our values are. Those three things. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, Tony, I know one of the things that's really important to you is the expertise when it comes to engineering. But you've also learned over your career through your experiences that it's so much more than just that. You can have the technical skills, but you also have to have the relationships to grow the organization and deliver for the customers. And I was hoping you could expand a little bit more about the importance of relationships. Relationships are important because you can not only to get work, but also to share stories, to mm-hmm. share experience. Experiences. We're members of the General Building Contractors Association, where we've had lots of great experiences with others. Where, you know, we've been comfortable. Where if someone needs a sprinkler contractor or a general contractor, that we uh, tap into their uh, database. Yeah. And uh, there's been other organizations that we're involved with. That's been the Building Commissioning Association, where we share stories and we're ahead of the curve on a lot of the uh, upcoming issues that are that are problems in other areas. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to know that you have that camaraderie. You have some Somebody you can turn to with uh, with you know to bounce an idea off of, or mm-hmm. if you have any challenges and and how did others overcome those, and you can learn from those experiences as well. And Jessica, I suspect you've had a similar yes. kind of situation as well. Yeah, well, Tony, he really I've uh, been very privileged to be able to get involved um, in a couple great organizations within the industry. Crew, for instance, is Commercial Real Estate Women. We help promote the success of women in commercial real estate throughout the Philadelphia region, and that's been great just to be able to come alongside and learn from other strong women. We're all about helping one another, learning from one another, being mentored, just helping us grow in our profession. And then at the same time, doing business together and helping each other's business. So that's been a great organization as well. We're also involved in ACE, which is a mentoring program. We Mm -hmm. have our vice president, Chris Arnold. He is on the scholarship committee. He's been doing that for many years. So like I said earlier, we love to help promote uh, young people in the industry get started in you know architecture engineering and construction okay and really that's, that's what a stands for architecture yes. construction. okay yes. perfect. i was going to ask that yep and actually through crew we have a philanthropic partner that we give a large amount of money to every year and we happen to pick ace this year nice. so and they're actually going to be developing an all girls team mentoring team at ace so we're really proud to support both crew and ace in their efforts as far as uh you know promoting women and young people in the industry really rewarding i can imagine if i could just drill down if if i'm not putting you on the spot tell us a little bit more about crew how old is it how large is it 
actually it is a global organization. Mm-hmm. The chapter in Philadelphia has been around since 1984. As soon as I joined the industry, I got involved on several different committees. So we've been growing in the region and it, it helps us to get national exposure as well in doing business with other women across the United States. So here's the tough question, and maybe it's not too tough, but what's next? Where do you see Wick Fisher White in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years from now? Well, we talked about this, and uh, what I like to do is expand. Again, as a Wick Fisher White, not as just as engineers, to expand as possibly project managers, mm-hmm. inspectors, construction managers. Not that we're doing this, but it's a thought to expand in the construction business and maybe even in somewhere else, which you know, I haven't even thought about. Right. Uh, building information modeling seems to be a big thing that uh, people are doing. Right. So what other areas of the of the industry and maybe even outside the industry where your team can add value? Our team can add value w- with advice. Yeah. I mean, we're professionals. We all went to school. We all have experience with construction industry issues, and we can assist uh, building owners, facility managers in those things. Absolutely. So, folks, that's Tony DiLonardo. He's president of Wick Fisher White, an engineering firm headquartered here in Philadelphia. But they do so much more than just engineering, and they also do it around the country. And joining us also is Jessica Thornton, who leads the marketing and business development team for Wick Fisher White as well. It's been great to have you both right here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, man. Thanks. It's been great. Growing Greater Philadelphia is supported in part by many of our investors and partners, including Liberty Property Trust. They're a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia. Liberty Property Trust has been creating environments that have been helping businesses realize their full potential for nearly 50 years. To learn more about the Philadelphia Navy Yard and other Liberty Properties, visit libertyproperty.com. And by Drexel University. Drexel was founded in 1891. They're one of the region's top 10 private employers with three campuses in Philadelphia. Learn more about Drexel University at drexel.edu. Check out all of our podcasts on radio.com and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Philadelphia.